Welcome back to the X Podcast, and wherever you are tuning in from, maybe watching from, I'm going to do something in reverse. Usually at the end of our conversation, I encourage you to rate, review, and subscribe. But if you're anything like me, all that just becomes white noise. So I'm going to ask you, because so many of you, every single week, say that this uh, conversation helps you, that this is meaningful for you. If you find these conversations help you, do me a huge favor and leave a review. Apple or Spotify, leave a review, give us five stars, and um, it means the world to us, helps us get the conversation out there. But today is going to be a super fun day, because I got a lot of my friends with me, some of my favorite people in the world. Hello. I got Mr. Hunter. Hello. Got Miss Chloe. What's up? Got Miss Lydia. Hi. Got Mr. Zach. Hello. How are y'all doing? Zach. Good. It's good so to be here. So good. So good. So this is exciting for a lot of reasons. I know. One reason is, if you have listened to this podcast for any length of time, you will hear me and uh, my co-host Tim say, Lydia, we need to get you a mic. We need to get you, you know, out here. We need to. But today she's got a mic. But today. Yeah. And she's yeah. ready to go. So if you're not part of our faith community, you may not know this, but you are for the first time seeing the face. Of Lydia Resnick. Of the woman behind the curtain mm. that makes the podcast happen. Yes. yes. Happen. And today she has a mic and she's in front of the camera. And she's so. ready to go. That's a little scary. I'm a little scary. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're going to be great. Lydia's awesome. All right. Uh, quickly, um, again, don't want to presume that everybody that watches this goes to our church. We got a lot of people that listen from different areas and for different reasons, but, uh, everybody here is on staff. Um, Lydia, tell us a little bit about what you do, how long you've been on staff and something weird or interesting about you. Oh, oh, that's a little tough. Um, (laughs) yes, I am part of like X worship and social media teams. I do a lot of behind the scenes with that. Um, probably been, I've been full-time for a year, actually, this month. Wow. Is that only been a year? Oh, well, I interned before, and then I also was, like, part-time for a little bit, so, um, very exciting, and interesting, weird, I don't know. I can tell you. I'm so normal. (laughs) There's nothing weird about me. No, I can tell you something. You got, you you probably don't just think of it this way, but you got the biggest, coolest family in the world. Absolutely. Yeah, I do. Oh, my gosh. They're They're all so different. Mm -hmm. One of them's like a famous chef. Two of them are literal pirates. Yeah. Y- your family had literal me over for pirates. dinner a couple weeks ago, and it was like the, one of the most magical things. It was outside. I felt like I was in one of those salud moments mm-hmm. from Fast and the Furious, you know? Like, it was amazing. La Familia. Yeah. It's La like Familia. Yes. Family is everything. And your family's Puerto Rican. Yeah. yeah. So right. it fits. It does. Mm-hmm. I love it. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. Miss Chloe. Hello. Hey. Um, what am I answering? You are answering. The worst thing I've ever off, done. If you don't know Chloe. Your deepest She's one of the funniest, wittiest humans you've ever <laughs> met. A.K.A. Um, little twisties. Yeah, oh, that's what I go by. Little twist. Little twist. Uh, yeah. Context for that. It's um, a rapper name that <laughs> oh my someone gave me. Someone really cool that I hold dear to my heart. Yeah, I got you, yeah. Buck. No. No. Oh, okay. It was Lily Brown, actually. Yeah, oh, Lily, Lily Brown. Lily Brown. Lily Brown. Lily Brown. Really good at coming up with rapper names. The most interesting five-year-old? Yeah. Five-year-old. Six. You'll, six. Is she six? About to be six. You'll ever meet. I love that. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah, yeah. How long have you been on staff and something Ooh. weird, interesting about you besides right. your rapper name? I've been, <laughs> I've been on staff part-time for... What, three months? Mm-hmm. I want to say three months now, but I've been around Hopefully interning. So. It'll be three months? I know. Isn't that Hopefully crazy? So. For like a little over a year. Okay. Um, yeah. And I get to hang out with the best connections team in the whole world. Mm-hmm. Um, something interesting about me, this actually mm-hmm. goes along with what we were talking about earlier. I love to rap and to write lyrics. I, so right now. Okay, yeah, improv. No, 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 wait, right no, now. I can't improv. It's too much pressure. Uh, However, if you give me like 10 minutes to spit out or even maybe even do some chat GPT. Okay. I can rap. How and I will. In 10 minutes. He's heard we'll it. do this. Yeah. Okay. In about 10 minutes, somebody put on the timer, we're going to have you do a rap. Okay, but I can't, I have to sit down and really get into my creative uh, zone. Okay, okay. So. Wow. Maybe we'll postpone for another time. Yeah, maybe yeah. next yeah. time you have me on here. But you'll have to bring you Perfect. Oh, yeah. perfect. my gosh. All right. All right. Hunter. Yeah. My name's Hunter. Um, I've been on staff as the youth director for now about two and a half years. Uh, and it's been the best journey ever. Uh, and one, uh, I don't have any like thing like weird, but an interesting fact 
my favorite thing I get to tell people is that I'm a dad now. Whoa, and so on. I love my boy Cohen. Uh, I love that Lauren and I get to be parents. Um, it is interesting that suddenly I am a parent now, but uh, it's the best thing ever. Yeah. So I just, I always have to share that. That's so sweet. You, know? you can tell he's in his dad era yeah. because yeah, his Instagram sure. has flipped yeah. completely from like basketball and like youth stuff and video games like baby kid, yeah, baby kid yes. pictures. Yes, my like Instagram reels are no longer goofy SpongeBob stuff, but it's like stuff that has to do with your kid. Yeah. 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 Oh, you know what, though? While you're here, we have to give on this podcast a shout out because you got your own podcast. Wow. Oh. Do you yes. want to say um, a little pitch for the Hooligan Hideout? Yeah, so the Hooligan Hideout, uh, some of our youth leaders, Brian and Christian, we host a podcast that's super fun. Uh, just think of, like, a conversation you have in your living room, some crazy funny, but sometimes really deep conversations we talk about uh, on the podcast. Uh, it's for anyone and everyone to listen to if you're bored and you get done with <laughs> listening to all of the X podcasts Listen to the Hooligan Hideout. It's super fun. Hooligan Hideout. Awesome. Um, well... Today's going to be a whole lot of fun. Mm -hmm. I wanted everybody here that's here to be here for two reasons. One, uh, because they're some of my favorite people, and um, that sounds so cliche, but these are some of the best people you'll ever meet, and very uniquely gifted in their own ways. But specifically, uh, the three of you on this couch belong to a generation that's getting a lot of airplay right now. Yes. Good and bad. Um, there is yeah. a lot being said for Gen Z. Now, yeah. I was kind of picking on you because if you Google yeah. <laughs> Gen Z, depending on who defines it, uh, one, one thing I saw today said anybody between the ages of 8 and 23. You're going on 33? <laughs> I'm, you are... I'm going on almost 4. <laughs> no, I am 25. 25. So, so yeah. missed it by a couple years, uh, like me. I missed it by a few years. But uh, the three of them belong to Gen Z. And then Zach is here as returning guest. Number one, always has a great mind, pulse, ways of bringing different angles to topics. But also because he works really closely with yep. Gen Z. He has, over the last couple of years, been pouring into and actually officially launched. We, yep. This just can be a, a podcast full of shout-outs. Shout-out yes. yeah. to Xco. Woo! Um, because kind of grassroots, just yeah. organic, a bunch of people hanging out at mm -hmm. your house has turned into this flourishing kind of ministry Movement, in our faith yeah. context called Exco. You want to say something about that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's been cool to watch over the last two years God really do something at our church. Mm -hmm. You know, our church is growing. There's a lot of young people coming, and it's it's been really cool to watch God just bring those people together naturally, organically, as you said. Uh, so we've been hanging out for the last two years. Um, we've actually started as a small group in my house. That grew from, like, what, maybe 10 people to at one point there was, like, 35 people in the group chat. Um, at one point, my, my wife and I counted, over two years, we had, like, over 60 unique individuals, like, come through our doors and hang out. It was really cool. Um, that has launched now five other small groups that are meeting in our church of young adults. Um, it's been so cool to see. And it's uh, ranging uh, anywhere from 18 to 30. So it's kind of a wide range, but there's a lot that happens kind of in those formative years. And maybe we can talk about that in a little bit. But um, from there, we've kind of launched and got into some meetings where we're kind of gathering together and having some worship services. And we've got some more stuff planned on the horizon, which is going to be really cool. So it's been cool to watch God kind of bring a whole movement together. And I think some of the highlight mountaintop moments have been Collectively, as a community, we've gone to Passion Conference yeah. um, mm -hmm. in Georgia at uh, the beginning of for the last two years. Mm -hmm. um, it's an incredible way to start your year with some vision, surrounded by everyone who's around the same age and just get poured into by some of the best speakers, pastors, leaders, worship leaders from around the country. Uh, and it's been cool to see God take people to there and then come back mm -hmm. and God do incredible things in those people. So yep. it's been really cool. To me, it's been one of the most exciting things to watch in our church this last year, too. Yeah. And uh, you do, was it once a season for us, hangs, gatherings, yep. kind of yep. services? Yep. Um, what the, we do that once a season, yep. like you said. So we'll get together and have a good time hanging out. We'll do a worship gathering once a season. Um, and, yeah, we've got some fun stuff planned. I want to mm -hmm. spoil it here. But fun fun stuff coming up around the corner for Exco, too. So. It's exciting. Well, there's yeah. a lot that we could talk about. This might turn into part two, three, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but before we even get into some of, because I want to hear from your seats, uh, your response to some of the critique and celebration um, of your generation. Mm -hmm. But before we get into that, you know, we just wrapped up a series. Of course, this podcast will hit in about a week and a half, whatever. But we just this past Sunday wrapped up a series on mental health 
a 10-week campaign called Sound Mind. And I don't know about you all, but it, to me, I just, I think it may be the most important series we've ever done. Yeah. And, but a lot of the conversation when you think about mental health and anxiety, a lot of the stats really focus in on your generation and how much your generation suffers from those things. And so I'm just curious from the three of you, I know you don't represent all the millions and millions. Um, everybody, everybody's story is different. Everybody's personality is different. Everybody's struggle is different. But from your three seats, how, I guess I'm curious, you know, A, how did this series hit you? B, what are some of the things that you would say you notice when it comes to the, the, maybe the specific mental health struggles of your generation? And uh, yeah, let's start there. Yeah, how did this series hit you? What are the things you notice in people your age when it comes to mental health? Yeah, How are you? Um, man, th- this last series that we went through was absolutely incredible in our church. Uh, God's been doing a really deep work, not only like as us as a church as a whole, but like even some of the conversations we've had with our youth, yeah. um, just talking about how to be free of, you know, suicidal ideation and depression and anxiety. And that is so huge in our culture today. Um, and one thing that really resonated with me and some of the things that even I walked through is how um, lonely uh, this generation has mm. become. Yeah. And I think it's not only because of, you know, the, um, the rise of like social media and people are so attached to their phones. So everyone's like just consumed by that. Um, but really, um, the biggest thing that people need, uh, is community. Yeah. Gen Z really needs community. And it's because of, you know, some of the things that have happened with, uh, COVID and things like that became isolated and yeah. that's where you saw a generation that is crippling because of the loneliness that they have experienced yeah. um, and so one thing that I have we've seen God do a deep work in is the, is the community that has been built out of these conversations mm-hmm. uh, the importance of having community um, and being able to get out of the uh, mindset of anxiety and depression um, is really what transpired out of all of these things mm-hmm. um, so with that to say um, it's really been cool to see what God's been doing through that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that um, I think that mental illness, mental health, is something that's like it's talked about a lot. I mean, I know maybe not in this setting, but I I heard a lot about it like in my last few years of high school in the past couple of years. But I think in having struggles of my own, I think I was always looking for like a complicated answer to a complicated problem. And I was always looking for like, okay, how do I get to the bottom of this? How do I figure this out? And, you know, how do I see these things? And I looked on the internet and I looked at this and I looked at that, but I didn't hear a lot from like, you know, maybe the churches I used to go to growing up. And I didn't hear a lot from my parents or the generations before me. And I think this series just really changed things in terms of like, there is just a simple answer. And I know that it doesn't fix everything, but I think simplifying my perspective and my mindset and my life just through the work in this series over the past couple months has been like truly life-changing. I've seen it in other people. They're like, yeah, I never even really thought about, you know, putting my phone down. I never really thought about how well I'm taking care of my body. Like you, sometimes you put those things to the wayside and you think it's something deeper, um, which sometimes it is. And like, that's okay too. But I think just going back to the basics and going back to like, I'm going to, go back to Christ and I'm going to go to God in these moments. Um, I'm going to come to church in these moments. It makes things a lot more straightforward because we just, it's, everything's complicated nowadays. Everything's so complex and there's so many different things that pull you different ways. But I think it was just like to sit down and to have the real conversations and to talk has just been, it's been so beneficial. And so like, it's brought a lot of clarity, I think, to a lot of people, including myself. No, I like that because I think, um, What's interesting about what you just said is I feel like for a lot of times, the critique of the church is they made it too simple. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, you know, pray it away. Right. <laughs> or Jesus. But so, so that's, I think that's an interesting answer you gave. It's like, no, I think we complicate it too much. Make it simple. And by that, you, you just mean like, okay, how can I get rid of some of the fluff where there may be moments where I need to go deeper into wounds and there, and if I'm hearing you correctly, mm-hmm. but then there's other moments where I'm just like, no, I just need to take the practical step in front of me. Yeah. I need to like honor the body spirit mm-hmm. connection. I think there's a difference between 
making things simple and making things unimportant. And that's where it is like, oh, it's fine. Just pray it away. Mm. Or like, you're just not praying enough. You just don't have enough faith. Mm. And it's like, no, this is real. Yeah. Like this is a real thing. And it's like looking for other, and people say, oh, you need to do this. You need to do that. And you need, like, it's because your body isn't aligned and your whatever, mm. like things just, and I'm like, I don't know what the answer is. Mm. And it's like, I didn't, I don't feel like I received it from the church. And even though it was like, oh, you oversimplified it, it was really just you ignored it. Mm. Like not mm. you, but yeah. the church in yeah. general. And I think it's like, okay, let's address it. And like some things don't have to be like this crazy answer of you're not this enough and you're not that enough. Mm. But like, let's just get down to like what it truly is, get down to the root. And I think that's what we did. Mm. I mean, we started doing here and I think it's just going to continue on. Yeah, I love that. Lydia, what was cool was um, a couple weeks ago, I guess for this filming, it was last week we had a worship night. It was so powerful. And, but I think one of the most powerful moments was the vulnerability that, you know, you lead worship in our faith context and you and a bunch of the worship leaders just grabbed stools and, and just were vulnerable about your stories and your struggles with mental health and, and shared. And then, of course, we had a moment at the end for people to come forward and actually be prayed for. And it was so powerful. So I know you've shared some of it. Um, but, yeah, for you, how did this series hit? What are some things that you noticed with your peers when it comes to this issue? Yeah, so I would say this series has been, like, very impactful to see. One, on one hand, seeing the stories of people coming up to us in our church and saying, like, this has helped me so much. Like, it's so good to see practical steps for people to take. And especially for me, it's like, I feel like sometimes you can just ignore a lot of the things that you face, especially as a Christ follower. You're just kind of like, I have to ignore my feelings. I have to ignore what I'm feeling. But sometimes yes, you have to push your feelings aside and you have to, um, uh, you're laying your life down as a Christ follower, right? Mm -hmm. But you have to also acknowledge like sometimes even with worship, when you're praising, when you're giving God your worship and your focus, you are, you may not feel like it at times. Like there was a point in my life where I just felt like everything that I was feeling was everything that I didn't want to do. Or like, I just wanted to sit in my feelings and mm-hmm. sit in yeah. lot, mm-hmm. like despair, I wanted to sit in mm-hmm. anxiety or depression. And I just didn't want to move forward. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel like worshiping in that moment. I didn't mm-hmm. feel like praising God in that moment or listening to him when he told me, hey, you need to take a step of faith in this, or mm-hmm. there's a step, there's something that I'm calling you to do. And I have clear steps mm-hmm. in front of you. And it's sometimes we don't want to do that because we don't feel like it. Mm-hmm. So I feel like this series has just pointed out a lot of things of what practical steps we could take. Yeah. And yeah. even like having a Dr. West like mm-hmm. come here and like s- talk about the scientific side of it was yeah. like, well, that's like, mm-hmm. you don't notice those things. You don't underst- notice like every single detail of how God created your brain mm-hmm. and how God, how God like wired you. And it's cool to see that perspective because it gives you just this broader image of who God is and who, how big he is in this world and how all this kind of stuff connects to it. Um, if that makes any sense, like just yeah. tying yeah. into the mental health series, it just helped me see a different perspective. It's, it. it's such an important conversation because I was just reading a, a book, um, first an observation that 18 to 25 year olds during that time of our brain's development, that your brain is actually making more connections at that point in your life than even when you were a little baby. So your brain is actually firing more, uh, making more connections. The patterns, the thought patterns that you're gonna live in for the rest of your life is being formed at y'all's age right now. And so I just think it's so cool that you guys are willing to kind of engage with the conversation to even now, like look at your life and say, okay, what habits do I need to form? What patterns of thinking do I need to either A, eliminate or B, add to my life that can make a big difference? And I think um, if more people in your generation kind of embrace that mentality or even understood that this was a season of life that they're in, um, I think it could really change the ballgame for a lot of people. I think that's really, really cool. But I want to circle back around to one thing in particular around mental health. You brought up loneliness, Hunter. Um, And I know we've talked about loneliness before. You guys talked about it on this podcast Mm -hmm. uh, with the Surgeon General's um, warning. But um, I I was reading another study. Um, This was actually um, pre-COVID. The uh, British broadcasting company, BBC, and Barna did a combined study that found, I think it was in 2018, that 46% of Gen 
Z, people who identify in Gen Z, struggle with feelings of loneliness or feel lonely. And that was uh, pre-COVID. Yeah. Imagine that probably went up significantly post-COVID. So I'm just curious, and this is such an epidemic, there's so many negative consequences from feeling lonely. Why is it in particular maybe that your generation struggles with loneliness maybe more than other generations? Self-diagnose your generation mm. as it is. Why, why do you guys think it's a struggle maybe a little bit more for Gen Z? I think that we just have more that's isolating us. I mean, it, it, it sounds, I think we've talked about this a lot, but we're connected, but in things that promote isolation because it's like oh okay I want I'm lonely or I'm feeling bored what do I do I pick up my phone or I you know w watch a movie I do something like that it's like we have things in front of our face that's not a human that's not connection it seems like it and I think we use that in the place and it fills up our time and it truly just promotes isolation and it's like it makes you feel it's like almost having it but not and it yeah. points mm -hmm. out that loneliness even more in your life because it's you're longing for connection so you're reaching out in different ways whether it be social media text message whatever any other way that's really not connecting with a human being <clears throat> truly and it it's like it's like filling a void but not filling it in the right way yeah it's what pastor tim talked about during the mental health series it's the thing that we're escaping to is what we're actually becoming enslaved to yep it's not the very thing that's actually giving us life and it's moving us forward but the things that gen z and and even our generation, we can say that we have held on to are the things that we shouldn't be holding mm -hmm. on to. There's uh, things like 10 to 15 years ago um, when the alarms first started being sounded about what you just said, the disconnection. Was it Sherry Turkle came out with that famous book called Alone Together? Mm -hmm. Yeah. This whole thought that, the, that your generation has never been more connected and yet never experienced deeper feelings of disconnection. Yeah. And, and there's one of the things we talk about on the podcast. The opposite of loneliness is not company right the yeah. opposite of, of genuine loneliness is genuine connection mm -hmm. yeah when you actually are feeling connected to people connected mm -hmm. to god um i'm just curious kind of going down that i mean your thoughts on because in a in, in a, a really keen sense your generation is in the middle of a great experiment of humanity yep. you're the first generation of digital natives yep. that are growing up in this and so there's so much data out there but then Chloe is interesting. Like, I feel like, I don't know if you're an anomaly or, or if you are um, the, the beginning of a trend. But, you know, we had a conversation the other day about, you know, you kind of do what I do, but yeah. probably even better than I do it. And that you'll just delete the apps off your phone. Yeah. And I'm not talking about Tinder. I'm talking about, like, I'm talking about, I'm, I'm talking about No, that it. one stays. So I'm talking about. No. <laughs> <laughs> talking about Instagram and, and all the things. Like, you'll, yeah. and so... And you were, you've literally told me, like, yeah, I just don't get on social media a lot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, what, are, again, you can't speak for millions, but what are you noticing? Do you feel like that um, as much data as there is on the negative psychological effects of digital media in your generation, do you feel like there's starting to be an upswing of awareness in your generation of, ooh, this isn't good. We got to figure mm -hmm. out handles. We got to find balance we what do, what do you what do y'all see um i think well i have seen there's this like joke that goes around the internet and it's like if you see someone who just or like someone comments something on something and they just seem like they're on the internet way too much they'll be like you need to go outside and touch, touch grass. grass yeah like go outside yeah. and touch some grass because you can yeah. tell people who are so engulfed in the internet the way that they even interact and the things they say and the like the way that they look at the world is so just like it's just so like I don't know, up close, their perspective's weird. They need to get outside and touch some grass. But I think, <laughs> I don't know if I'm an anomaly or not. I think that I've just become aware of, like, the amount that it, like, it just, it doesn't make me feel good. If something doesn't make me feel good in the moment, I'm not going to continue to give my time to it. Yeah. And if I'm sitting there scrolling on Instagram and I'm like, I start getting bad thoughts, nope, delete it. Like, just delete it off my phone. Yeah. And I notice that it frees up so much of my mind and, like, so much of, I don't know, but I, I think that people are starting to realize more than ever the dangers of social media to the point where they're not willing to continue to give themselves to it. Mm -hmm. I think before it was like, yeah, social media sucks, but you just have to like, don't feel insecure or like, don't whatever. But I think people now they're like, I'm not gonna, 
I see people taking social media breaks all the time now. Yeah. And that becoming mm-hmm. more common for yeah. sure. Yeah, I think this generation, Gen Z in particular, is really good at fighting back what's not beneficial for them. Yeah. So if mm-hmm. social media or something becomes negative or toxic, mm-hmm. Gen Z will identify that and they will cl- boldly claim it. Like, yeah. this is not good. This is not what we should be mm-hmm. doing. Yeah. And so I think that I think that they're good at saying it, but when it comes to actually doing it mm-hmm. and like really like putting it into action, mm-hmm. that's the part where there's not a connect there. Yeah. That's the part that's really difficult for this generation. Mm-hmm. I would say even for me, like there's things that I know that I like, I really should not be consumed by Instagram, but yet you can look at my uh, <laughs> most used app and it's Instagram, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, I know I shouldn't be doing this, but it's taking that next practical step that is so terrifying for people sometimes. Mm-hmm. Part of me really wants to fight against that because that's my job. <laughs> but Can I just pause before you go? It is so funny. Again, you would have to understand our context, but we have Basecamp, which is, you know, this app that we're all on to keep track of what's going on in ministry. And you or, or Tucker at times, especially in January when we do our 21-day fast, we'll post all these graphics and then very sassily say... For anyone that is not currently fasting my ministry, <laughs> yeah. here are the yeah. graphics. Yeah. This got to be kind of weird. It is weird. I would say, like, I agree beca- that social media, like, people use it as a distraction. Like, right. if we're not, if something happens, sometimes we're like, I need to distract myself. I need mm-hmm. to distract my mind and get, it, like, think about something else. So I'm going to go on my phone and scroll through TikTok or scroll on Instagram. Like, we just want to distract ourselves instantly in that moment. So I understand the part of where it's like we have to like you have to have times where you're not on your phone. You can't live on your yeah. phone. You can't live in that kind of world where you're just looking at everybody else's lives or looking at what you should be doing or you think you should be doing, all these types of things. But even for me, like I don't use social media on my own account. Like I don't post anything personally. And like part of that was like years ago, I just – didn't want to use it for the wrong reasons. Like I didn't want to glorify my own life and like mm-hmm. post all these things to make someone jealous or whatever. Cause mm-hmm. there was a point where that's what I did. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I didn't want to do that anymore. So now it's like what I post is for our church. It's for people who don't go to our church. It's for, mm-hmm. um, it's kind of like that light in the darkness mm-hmm. kind of moment where it's like, yeah. you want to reach people in that like arena of like people who, maybe whatever reason they're on their phone. Like you want to make sure that you're reaching those people too. So it's like, I see the benefits and I see the negatives of social media. And I feel like even with our generation, you could see how they could use it for good and they can use it to spread the gospel. They can use it to spread hope and spread love. Like I feel like you can use it in that kind of way, but it has to be, there's, obviously like some kind of balance with it of like okay i gotta spend time not paying attention to that yeah okay uh um kind of on that note um kind of before we leave the topic of mental health i'd love to know for whatever you feel comfortable sharing from the three of you like really practical let's get really granular what are some things that you do to maintain and improve your mental health i mean you can get as boring i like i like the boring stuff like Mm. it could be I, I've eaten more of this for less of this, sleep, social media stuff, um, w- whatever it may be. Like, w- what are you doing that's helping you with your mental health? Do not disturb. <laughs> you have that on. That's so good. <laughs> yeah. Do you notice that it's on a lot? All day <laughs> that's so long. good. It helps. It, it does. It really does help. Like, especially keeps you focused. It keeps me focused if I need to be focused on something else and or I need to, like, not hear my phone going off on base camp notifications telling mm-hmm. me what I need to post next. Like, I have to turn it off sometimes. Um, that's a practical thing that has helped me. Or just not having my phone, put it yeah. in a different room. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. go somewhere else Yeah, away from technology. There's a really cool, it's funny how there's technology being invented to help us with, the, uh, with technology yeah. right now. <laughs> um, there's this really cool thing that actually what, uh, my wife and I were looking at getting. It's called the Arrow Box, A-R-O. Uh, box and what it is it's almost it gamifies putting your phone away so you come home and it sits on your counter and you like put your phone in it and it it charges your phone Uh, but it also like will keep track of like how much 
time like your phone is away and then it'll show you how much time you're gaining back in oh. terms of like family time and like Aww. different things like that uh and it's kind of a cool way to like i don't know almost make a game out of like i'm gaining back so much time that is cool I, I told you uh my well not my buddy my my acquaintance ish friendish uh trent that uh created the jesus loves you company um in atlanta he just came out with a new product called second yes you did tell me about that what we, okay, name dropping. I love that company. Yeah, old Trent. He helped me with a youth group a little bit back when I was in Atlanta. Wow. Yeah, and now he's just Mr. Kanye West of Atlanta. Can he get us some free T-shirts? <laughs> yeah. You know, let me ask him. I'll okay. ask him. I mean, he sells them um, for like five bucks. It's, I know, but, I know. But yeah, he's dropping a phone. I mean, there's already versions of this like like that out there, but mm -hmm. it's like a light phone, but it's it's just called Second. Mm -hmm. But it's like a minimal, like cool secondary phone that. Um, can only can't do anything besides have like your three closest friends that can text or call you late at night and the whole thought is in the morning and at night you switch your phones oh. at a certain time of day uh -huh. so that your mornings or nights are guarded yeah. and for your peace of mind I like that. so um it's cool yeah that's I mean, cool. i'm excited we'll see yeah. what happens when he drops it uh, anything else all right because i love that it's crazy last week so i uh, I took a, well, I was, yeah, I took a week to just, uh, I took a week to write. I did a, a writing week, and I told, I texted Pastor Tim afterwards. Of course, you don't have the luxury to do this every week, but I had my phone on airplane mode half the week. Yeah. At night, I would put it on airplane mode, and I wouldn't take it off. This, I had to do this for my focus. I wouldn't take it off the next day until I'd hit my word quota. Mm -hmm. And then all week long for my sense of focus, I didn't touch the news, I didn't touch social media, and I didn't touch YouTube. And I told him, I said, this was the greatest mental health week of my entire <laughs> life. Yeah. That's great. Like, it was crazy yeah. productive, but I, like, felt more refreshed, more energized, more mentally healthy yeah. than I think I ever had in my life. It's crazy with yeah. simple things like you that. You have to, like, prepare to do that. Like, yes. you have to make sure you're preparing to set time aside. Because if you're not, like, prepared well or set yourself up well, then you're going to, like get bored get, you're gonna get bored or yeah. you're also gonna like not help other people that may need yes. to <laughs> reach you in some kind of way you know what i mean like, it's very possible to have an extreme ditch of that that is very entitled self-absorbed mm -hmm. where right. i don't care who i inconvenience yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't i don't care if i'm not accessible to the people that i'm serving or leading yeah mm -hmm. it's very yeah. true you have to prepare to do that responsibly mm -hmm. right yeah. um any, anything else i love the i love the practical thing with your phone Think so. They I mean, can get back to you, Chloe. I think the biggest thing that I have done to help my mental health is Sabbath. Sabbathing. Mm, come on. And it's not like I grew up uh, in a Christian household, and it was always like, oh, Sunday is the day of rest. But like we go to church and we do all that. Oh, there wasn't a lot of rest, so I didn't. I never had that like habit. Um, in the past probably year or so, I've realized that like if I do not set aside time in my week to just to rest, to spend time with the Lord, to not have an agenda, to not be rushed, to not whatever, and to just do what feeds my soul and makes me happy. Like I find myself just whew, going down into this, yeah. just plummet of anxiety, mm -hmm. depression. I mean, it, it can get really bad. And I've noticed the difference in weeks where I prioritize my Sabbath and I don't. Mm -hmm. And I think that if anyone comes to me and they're like, I just feel this, I feel that I'm like, that is the biggest thing I tell them. If mm -hmm. like a practical step to take is make time in your life, make a routine and a habit in your life to rest and spend time with the mm -hmm. Lord each week. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I, I want to get boring here. What do you do? <laughs> like, what, do you have a certain day each week? Like, do you have like, yeah, t tell me all the stuff. I have, it's been on Tuesdays recently. Okay. It's my day, because I'm here part-time, so I'm here Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. So Tuesdays just works. Um, I wake up in the morning. I make, I either go to, like, a nice coffee shop or I make, I'm a big coffee person. So, like, a really good cup of coffee is, like, the first thing I start with. What does this look like? Are we talking espresso, French press, pour over, talk to us. Just, <laughs> honestly, uh -huh. I just use, um, when I say really nice, I just mean to my liking. So it's probably not to your liking, but. It's okay. I just use, like, I really like this coffee called Silverbridge, and I just put it in a coffee pot or do a pour over, or I'll go. My favorite co coffee shop is in German Village, just Pistachio Vera. Absolutely okay. love it. Shout out to them. Um, Shout out to German Village. I love German, German Village. Village. Come I, on. I'll spend the day in German Village, too. I love the book loft. Um, Chloe. It's just the <laughs> no best. No wonder you have good mental health. I, listen, <laughs> I mean, just, and just doing that, German and I really, I like to read. That's, like, 
something I love to do on my oh. Sabbath, whether it's my little Christian books or that I have, or <laughs> my little Christian <laughs> books, I love that. or you know whatever. I love to read. I love to or do. What else are you reading? Like what? what? I'm real. Actually, I haven't read a non like faith based book in a minute. Oh, okay, you're just really spiritual. I'm yeah. not. I just think I'm boring, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like to read. I like to cook meals. I like to bake. I've been baking a lot recently. Um, what have you been cooking and baking? I made stuff. some raspberry white chocolate scones. What? I made homemade they brownies. They not made their way to the office. They did. They did. They were just eating. Was it last quickly. week? Oh, yeah. Thanks. Oh. Um, okay. I made homemade amazing. pizza with homemade crust the other day. Really? It was really good. What kind of sauce was on that? It was like a garlic like a white sauce with like oh, garlic and olive oh, oil that's and the best. parmesan yeah okay so okay. just stuff like things that just well, put well, me back on, into, oh, oh <laughs> um it was spinach bacon and feta cheese oh that's great okay. it was cheese. so good wow. that's great okay just things that bring me back like they ground me bring me back in touch and then also mm-hmm. just like genuine times of just like prayer that like i don't really have an agenda i don't i'm like not interrupted just talking to the lord like having a day to do that mm-hmm. is it changes things for me. It's changed that. so many things. And so. what is that? I mean, I know I, I, mean, I joke that I'm so inquisitive, but mm-hmm. I am. But mm-hmm. also I think like some people, it, it looks different for everybody, but some people yeah. need ideas to spur them on. Mm-hmm. Um, like even in your prayer time, yeah. is that you in the house? Is that you going on long prayer walks? What is? I love long prayer walks. Yes, I, yes. Yes. Were, okay, since you're in, in German Village, does that ever look like around Schiller Park? Uh, see, I'm more <laughs> of a not city person to yeah, walk. You find Pastor Russ every yeah, but, day. Schiller Park. Schiller doesn't feel like the city. You got the, the lake. I love the city, but not for my prayer walks. Okay, I like okay. to walk through the woods, oh, okay. which is kind of weird. But there's a right, trail Tyser. actually in Canal that like, it's like like a single person trail yeah. and it goes back through the woods and it's like the perfect length. Okay. And it just, I like being in nature. Mm-hmm. It gets me in touch with, I feel like the Lord a oh, lot. Made it. Um, yeah. But then also sometimes I just like to sit on the couch Yeah. and like, okay. and I like to journaling Oh, I love journaling. Mm. It changed, like, especially when I'm praying or, like, mm. on my Sabbath, just writing things down. Um, it just, I don't know. It, these are always, I just feel like it's like, okay, I'm grounding myself spiritually, yeah. mentally, emotionally, doing I, things I love. I love that you use that word because I feel like um, sometimes Christians can get scared of those kind of words. Mm-hmm. But I think that that really is an important part of mental health. Yeah. And part of the faith is, you know, even to use the word meditation, mm-hmm. kind of sounds like yeah. you're coming close to that. Really, yeah. is what you're grounding your mind. You're yeah. grounding your emotions. Um, do you have any don'ts for that day? Like social media or like anything you stay away from that would distract you? Well, I I do. I typically delete social media because I will just scroll on it if I don't have anything to do. But I also try not to make plans, which mm-hmm. I love hanging out with friends But yeah. beforehand. Like if the day of, I feel like it. But I try not to make plans for that day because I just don't want to have any obligations that end up not being good for my mental health that yeah, day. Um, whatever it may be. Um, but other than that, I mean, it just kind of depends. Like sometimes I'm like, I want to get out and go and do all these things. Sometimes it's like, I do not want to leave the house and I just stay there all day and do, you know, whatever, Yeah. whatever's on the agenda. But yeah, that's about it. Cool. What about you? Yeah. Uh, definitely the intentional devotional life, ha- uh, creating a mm-hmm. ha- habit of that. Um, one thing that Lydia, I know you said like you press do not disturb away from technology, get stuff done, but like. I love, there's something about um, technology being used for good things Mm -hmm. that can be uh, beneficial. So I am a huge video game person. Like I love video games. I play uh, video games with my friends at least once a week. Um, And uh, I I just love video games. Also watching a good TV show. um, uh, Shout out Ted Lasso. Shout out Ted. Come on. You just went through it twice. Dude, yes. So uh, If you are a listener (laughs) to the X podcast, not dove into Ted Lasso. You yes. Should. No one's perfect, but to this week's your week. Yes. Okay. Ted Lasso uh, was uh, is <gasps> the best. Did you just see that? There's some rebellion <laughs> sitting beside you on the couch. No, we oh. love Led Tasso. Oh my! Do you even know who Led Tasso God. is? Led Tasso. I <laughs> but, love it. Like being able to like, especially you know me being married, finding a show with my wife to be able to just connect together, watch. Ted Lasso, even though she'll fall asleep, and I'll just continue to watch it. Yeah. Um, you're not supposed to do that, apparently. But <laughs> oh, I do that to my wife all the time. Yes. She always falls asleep. Uh-oh. Yes. You fall asleep, you just keep going. Yes. It's your fault um, you fall asleep. Having a good uh, TV show, but the most important thing for me that rejuvenates me and just the way that I'm wired is community. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the biggest things that I dealt with, I talked about it, um, loneliness is something that like would just 
harbor me and keep me in a pit. And I found a good, healthy friend group. I found uh, people that I could keep help keep me accountable. Having that was is probably the most important thing out of all of that that I said. Um, having a community that I can go to, I can count on them, um, really does help me rejuvenate. Um, and so I would say those are the things. This is really cool. I think there's so much wisdom that the three of you just mentioned yeah. in that whole time. It's so cool to see. And I think it just goes back to what I said earlier, just you guys taking uh, control really of your mental health, your life in the direction that I've just seen all three of you grow like crazy over the last couple of years. But I want to kind of shift the tenor of the conversation as we talk about Gen Z and both some of the critiques and celebrations. Uh, you actually mentioned one of them, so I want to start there, Hunter. Um, this whole idea of like using technology for good. Yeah. Gen Z has this incredible entrepreneurial spirit. Uh, and so what we've seen Gen Z really do is take things like technology, uh, take things like social media marketing, influencing, that whole thing. We've got kids who are 18, 19, 20 years old, sitting in college dorms, figuring out how to market themselves now, market what they're doing, getting on Twitch, doing stuff, whatever. And they're making hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions yeah, of dollars millions. doing this kind of stuff. And really bringing, depending on the account or what it is, positive change into the world, good change in the world. They're, they're bringing uh, positive influences in the world. And so I think it's been cool to see Gen Z kind of take a, a mindset more of, um, we're going to figure it out. Like we're not necessarily want to just join a company and kind of work our way up and, and work our way through. Like we're, we're going to take an approach of let's figure it out and let's start something new or start something on our own. Do you guys really see that as a hallmark of your generation? Do you guys identify with that at all? That entrepreneurial spirit, that idea of figuring it out. What do you guys think? Yeah, about absolutely. That? Uh, I think this can be a positive and negative thing though, because like part of me, wants to be able to figure it out on my own, but also part of me also does need help and maybe needs a push forward. And so I think a lot of times as well, when it comes to our generation, our brains are not developmentally where we want to be. And so that could actually hold us back from where we're supposed to go. So like what you see is a generation that wants to be very independent, but what you also see is people not until the age of 21, 22, getting their driver's license. So it's like, how can people like our generation still have that independency like making a way for their for themselves having that entrepreneur spirit but also at the same time like contributing to society is also still really important to do um and i think that there sometimes is not both like you see that the yeah. generation is not moving as forward as they should because yes they want to do their own thing mm -hmm. and they want to make their own way but sometimes we do need help. Sometimes we do need that push from yeah. older generations. Well, that why do you think that is? Um, you know, because there, there's um, there's extremes that are unhealthy always. Yeah. There, there's like the extreme of I'm going to be hyper independent. Like you know, no one's going to tell me what to do. There's the extreme of you're codependent. I heard somebody say the other day, the healthy medium we shall be in is healthily interdependent. Yeah. You know, where we're independent in the right ways, but it's for the common good and we have community. Why does it seem there's so many ways that, from what I'm hearing you say in your generation, that it wants to be hyper independent? No one's going to tell me what to do. I don't, I don't want to. But you, what you said is true. I've talked to more and more of my friends or uh, people I know who are older and older ages. don't even have a desire to get a driver's license yeah. or to do certain things. Why is that? Um, Uber. <laughs> I would... I don't know if this is, I don't know if this is correct. This is my own opinion. Mm -hmm. I think that people our age are no longer wanting to go through a process or mm -hmm. be in processing. They want the quick way. They want it their way. And when it comes to like working for a company or working for an industry, making your way up, that is not a thing for our generation. That is not something that people want to do. They want to, like you said, they want to make their own way. And I think that there is a, good thing to that like people are bringing good change in our society through the things that they've created and the things they've innovated but at the same time it's in the processing and it's in the development where we truly become who we're made to be yes. and yeah. it, and 
when our brains are being wired and we're so vulnerable at that stage of life, we are maybe rushing past things or skipping things that we need to go through or things that we need to be developed in before we can say that we're actually contributing members to society. Yeah, the critique would be that Gen Z wants to be rewarded too quickly. Mm-hmm. Like Gen Z has a desire to create something or be a leader, be a boss, um, start something new, do whatever, but uh, they also maybe want to be elevated quickly to a position of management or leadership or authority or or they don't want to go through a process in order to get to that level. Speak to that a little bit, maybe Chloe or Lydia. What, what do you think? Is that a, is that fair to criticize Gen Z in that way? Yes. I think it's fair to an extent because I see it even in myself, but I think that I think Gen Z has a lot of confidence, but it doesn't make up for competence. And it's like, mm, that's good. they, like, we have this wide um, field of knowledge, but it doesn't go very deep because we have access to the internet. The we have internet. access yeah. to so many resources, Wikipedia. so many things. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, I, I can, I can do this and I know about this and I know all these things and it's not that hard and it's not this, but when it comes to how deep we know things, it's, it doesn't go very deep. I see a lot, yeah. even in myself, it's like, I know a lot about a lot of things, but what do I truly like? What have I learned? What have I walked through? Like what, what process have I gone through to become there? And I think it's like, we're so used to things happening instantly. If you need to know something, you search it up. If you need something, you can go through a Mm -hmm. drive through and get it quickly. Um, even nowadays, I mean, you can get degrees faster. You can start college earlier, get things sooner. And it's like, I think it's that level of expectation comes, um, with that of like, oh, I think I should be here and get this fast and I shouldn't have to work hard. And you have to kind of, I find myself, I have to retrain my mind to have the discipline to know that like, it's going to take time. And I think that's even biblical. Like God doesn't, God God hardly brings someone somewhere immediately. Normally there's time and there's a process and progress through it. So I think it, I think it's a fair assumption for sure. I think that I felt it myself. And I think it's, I don't think it's necessarily a sense of entitlement, but I think it's, confusion and just not knowing really how the how the world truly works until um you see it not from the other side of a screen but in the real world yeah i think that's you, you said the word entitlement mm-hmm. and there's a lot of people who might be in a different generation uh, <laughs> millennials maybe even older so gen xers yeah. uh you got some boomers still maybe in workplaces whatever who would look at gen z and say y'all are entitled yeah is that a fair criticism i mean like to, to put it that way would you what do you think yeah yeah yeah. Um, well, that was convincing. I feel like when you see our perspective of with social media, like you see people instantly go from like mm. no, so, no no followers at all mm. to like a million, and you see them trending, you see them become mm. viral and famous. So it's like you see that instant instantly happen. So mm. why wouldn't their perspective be mm-hmm. like I if someone else did that, then that means I have to be like that, and I yeah. have to be successful at the age of 21, just like this person was. So it's like, you can see that side of, oh, why wouldn't they think that if yeah. all this stuff is happening with social media, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And I think yeah. what other generations don't understand as well is that the world is moving forward mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Gen Z is, it's not the future generation, it's the now generation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so they're setting things into precedent that are going to be normal mm-hmm. yeah. 10 years from now. Mm-hmm. And yeah. older generations maybe don't understand that or they just don't want to hear about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I- I want to take this kind of spiritual for a moment yeah. because you said a word that I'm glad you said. We talked about this morning. The word process has been burning in my mind and um, my heart lately. And uh, for a lot of reasons, one, the project I'm working on, two, you know, we had the Belonging Co. in. And I, I, don't, know, I don't remember which one of y'all were in in like the pre-session when they were talking, but they yeah. talked a lot about their big concern is a lot of people rising in ministry right now have not gone through the process. And so it's not built the substance in them that it needs to. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think there, I think there's, there's going to be an art and a, a journey to find the convergence of the entrepreneurial spirit and where does the process come in? Yeah, yeah. Because it is so exciting to watch your generation your generation is brilliant and innovative and scrappy and entrepreneurial and imaginative. And I really do believe your generation is going to come up with the cures for diseases and they're going to create new paradigms for how technology and humanity interface. And they're going to 
create cures and solutions. And I just, I think it really is going to be amazing what comes out of the entrepreneurial spirit of your generation. Yeah. But I've told you not to make you feel uncomfortable, but you know, we had lunch yesterday and the five years I've known you, what's been so beautiful to me um, is, you know, one of my favorite characters in all of scripture is David. And you to me have a David spirit. And David is that person that went through the process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He was faithful as a young kid over sheep. Yeah. And then while he was working, mm-hmm. while he was working, doing really boring stuff for a really boring amount of time, while being overlooked by everybody else, he's picked and said, hey, you're going to lead the entire nation one day. Mm-hmm. And then still goes through a process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And, and, you know, David could have said, all right, well, look, I, no more sheep tending for me. But he goes through the process. His brothers who resented him, he literally is the glorified errand boy for years just to bring them cheese back and forth while they're at battle. And, and then, I know, I know, charcuterie board for a living. And then, yeah. um, and then you know, eventually, you know, works for Saul. Who, he should have been like, look, I'm, I'm going to be king. You're going to stop mistreating me. I'm not <laughs> right. going to take this yeah. toxic yeah. work environment. <laughs> um, and Saul's trying to kill him for 19 years. Yeah. And this is not an excuse to stay in an abusive situation. But you just watch the process mm-hmm that he went through, and anybody that God used in a great way, and whether you're from a spiritual environment or not, even in real life, um, it, it's the iceberg then beneath the surface that creates um, the heights to which you oh, yeah. elevate. Exactly. And he went through the process, and, and I watched you go through that. Oh, big time. I, I watched you. I mean, you're one of those people, again, that, that I think from an early age, just like David out in the fields, God marked you, and you just had his name seared across your heart. And, um, but you just served and served and served. And even when you had some people that maybe felt like, man, it's, you're doing a lot for free. Yeah. But I love that you never, you you probably had moments where you struggled. For sure. And wrestled because you're human. Yeah. But I watched you really be very intentional in how you stewarded your heart away from entitlement, uh, away from ungratefulness. And I've just watched the reward that's come on your life through it. And all that roundabout to say, where's the convergence going to be, do you think, in your generation between an entrepreneurial spirit that can say, hey, I think I would rather be my own boss, and I do think I can create an avenue for income, and I do think I can create this. Where does that mix with the things that are essential for the crucible of character development, um, of discipline development, of, of learning to follow well so that one day you can lead well? Where where do you see the convergence of that coming in your generation in a way that's healthy? Mm. It's a big question. That is a big question. But I I think it's one of the big questions for... Yeah. Mm. I think that that once you... I mean, I hate to say this in a harsh way, but once people our age wake up and realize that you're not going to just become something overnight. I mean, it happens, but what's, I mean, the chances of that happening, I think are, are a lot slimmer than we think. Mm-hmm. We see it a lot, but I don't think a lot of us, of us experience it. And I think it's just a point of decision mm-hmm. and being like, I'm going to commit to this. I'm going, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of commitment I've noticed mm-hmm. amongst my generation, but mm-hmm. I'm going to commit to this and having that tenacity and that spirit of like, I want this and I want this to happen. I want this to succeed. I think it's going to help us, mm-hmm. but having to commit down here to get to here mm-hmm. is a lot different than committing. And then hoping the next day it's like up here. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think it's like, it will help you, but you have to like have the perspective and the humility to know that that it's good to have that spirit and to have that drive, mm-hmm. but you're going to have to start with it here mm-hmm. for it to take you somewhere. Yeah. It's not just going to take you somewhere overnight. For you yeah. to have that idea that is up here and to think it's mm-hmm. going to succeed, that's pride. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what pride is. And I think that's what you see in this generation is you see mm-hmm. a lot of pride. You see a lot of, that's where the entitlement comes in. That's where I'm better than you. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of that can happen. And so when we remove that and we, I don't know how other than, like for us, a faith context, we say we humble ourselves before yeah. God and we say, God, I'm, I'm submitting to you. Mm-hmm. I don't know how, uh, I hate to say it, but I don't know how from my point of view, from my context, if I didn't humble myself before God, I don't know how I could remove that sense of pride. Yeah. I don't know how mm-hmm. else that could that could come. I don't have mm-hmm. another answer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would say even um, from a faith context, it's, like when you look at Jesus and how he didn't, he wasn't there to glorify himself. He wasn't, he didn't come here to 
make his name and obviously he's the king of kings lord of lords like he is above everything but he went to the people that nobody saw he went to the overlooked Mm -hmm. he went to the lowest people that nobody wanted to talk to nobody Mm -hmm. went to and i feel like from that perspective of with our pride like as you see in our generation we just want to make a name for ourselves. Yes. Like you see yep. that everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like you just want mm-hmm. to make your platform, your um, wherever you are, you want to glorify that and um, make your name great in a way where it's like people are seeing you as a brand yeah. or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And it's like that can't, you can't go anywhere from there. Mm-hmm. You're like when you're up there, there's nowhere else to go. You're, that's a very lonely yeah place obviously even like then that's where the loneliness that's where all of that comes from is you're by yourself glorifying yourself and when you're with Jesus and bringing that into faith it's like I'm not here to make my name great I'm here to make his name great and I can't you don't want to go through a process of um, being successful in whatever way it is and not having any kind of ground in that. Um, even like we talked about it in worship night, like so Tucker actually talked about this with sharing his testimony of if you are like in the context of this, I if I'm here and only here to glorify or be successful in my own name or for myself, then it's like, where's the ground you're standing on? Mm. Like you have no foundation to stand on when you're up there. You're just going to completely crumble because everything was built on what you built on. Mm. And that's not stable. That's sand. That's not a Mm. stable foundation to live your life on. And that's kind of where the pride of, okay, I have to lower myself. Like I want to serve God's people. Mm. I want to serve him and serve Mm. his name. And like, that is the most humbling thing you could do because that's what Jesus did. And like, who cares if people know you? Who cares if people know your name? Because in the end, that won't really matter. Why why do you think that is such the lust and thirst maybe of your generation? And and yeah, really, it's it's one of the main critiques that I looked up is Mm -hmm. it's it's an obsession with internet fame. Yes, And, and, and the truth is, let's just be really fair about a couple things. Almost every generation thinks the next generation's entitled. That's very true. I mean, our generation mm-hmm. before us thinks millennials are entitled. Millennials want what our parents had, but at an earlier and earlier age. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and, I mean, Jesus in the wilderness, the enemy says, you know, look, I can give you all the kingdoms of the world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the life. So, like, the, the, the desire and craving to be famous, that's an ancient desire. Yeah, But true. in the Internet age, it does seem like an unusually specific burning desire of this generation mm-hmm. of fame. Why do you think that is? Because it's everywhere. You see it everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like if you're on your phone all the time, that's mm-hmm. all you're going to see is yeah. everyone getting however many likes on whatever or like living these very glamorous lives that they paint on their Instagram grid. Like it looks perfect. It looks so amazing. So it's like, why can't, why wouldn't you compare yourself in that kind of way mm-hmm. of saying, does that mean I have to be like that? Like, do I have mm-hmm. to live like that? It's comparison. Comparison. I think also, like, like I, how I said earlier, like, we know a little bit about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I think it's even people. Like, we know little things about a lot of different people because of social media. Mm-hmm. And I think we all have a desire to be known. Mm-hmm. Like, we want someone to know us. Mm-hmm. We want someone to see us and to be seen and noticed. And I think that we mm-hmm. look for that in, in on social media and it's like it's so shallow that you never feel fulfilled that you just want to keep going more and more and more and it's Mm -hmm. like i want to be known i want to be known and truly it's like it it can only be fulfilled by being known by the father Mm -hmm. and like being known by god Mm -hmm. and knowing yourself through him i've learned it's like oh okay i look for all of this like knowing and seeing and validation from other people, but it doesn't go any deeper than that. And to truly Mm -hmm. go deeper is to be known by God. I think that's so profound because even before you start talking, I'm thinking about, we were talking earlier about loneliness. Mm -hmm. And is there a connection between the level of loneliness and the craving? And I think what you just spoke to is that missing dot is the desire to be known. Mm -hmm. This this may sound really kind of intense, but I'll never forget um, this church planner friend of mine, when I lived in Atlanta, we had lunch one time, and I don't even remember how he, 
brought this up, but he made this phrase that just like stabbed into me. He said, self-promotion is the cry of an orphan spirit. And I just thought, man, I, like, I wonder if that is true, that the part of us that feels abandoned, yep. the part of us that feels alone, the part of us that feels fatherless, whatever that looks like, whether it's spiritually fatherless or, oh gosh, or you yeah. know, or whatever, Absolutely. in the absence of my father's not watching, no one's watching, no one's seeing this, no one's cheering yeah, yeah. me on, no one's affirming me, I'm... I'm not Jesus in the baptismal waters having the voice say, this is my son, this is my daughter whom I love. And the absence of that, we go around and see how many people in the world can clap for us. So true. Yeah, our generation craves to belong to something. That's why, Mm -hmm. like you've talked about it before, Pastor Zach, like brands. That's Mm why Gen Z loves to be uh, a a megaphone for something that they believe in because that's, they can identify with that as something that they belong to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's something that, I mean, I, I mean, when I come to this church community, I say I belong here and I, I feel a sense of validation and I, part of my identity is rooted into what God is doing here at X church, you know? And so the fact that I can say I belong here, that gives me so much peace. So we, what I love is we've not gotten any, really to even any of our questions um, because this has been so rich. Um, and so we're definitely going to have to do a part two or three sometime because would you all like that? Absolutely. This has been so fun. Um, to wrap up, I'm just going to put you on the spot. With the three of you, uh, you know, is it Jacob Salguerra or whatever his name Salguero. is? He has those dear Gen Z things. It, it, on one episode coming up, I want to read some of his and get your your reactions. but. Okay. Let's pretend you're him for a minute, and you're, you're speaking to Gen Z. Mm. You're speaking to someone who is maybe in that place of, like, how, how do I find my identity? How, how do I navigate being this entrepreneurial but actually building a foundation that lasts? Let's pretend you're addressing Gen Z. What would you say? Um, uh, don't try to fit in someone else's shoes. Mm. Don't try to be someone that you're not because what the current of culture tries to tell you is who you are they're trying to tell you what you're supposed to be who you're supposed to identify with what you're supposed to think don't let the world form you let uh, whether it's god or whether it's really what you truly believe in let that be your foundation because the world will uh the the wind of culture will blow you away because uh, you'll get so caught up in the noise and you'll completely lose your, what you think or what you feel or what you even know. Mm-hmm. Um, so really be rooted in who you are and not someone else. That's I what it. I would say. I would say probably just two words came to mind and it's balance and focus. Mm-hmm. I think we live in a world of extremes and I think Gen Z is very extreme and two different sides. I think finding a balance of humility and drive and, mm-hmm. um, you know, having a balance of rest and work and mm-hmm. just, Finding balance in our lives is so important. That's mm-hmm. what will keep you grounded. And I think focus, I think truly not looking, you know, all around, but l- focusing on one thing. And that one thing to me is the Lord and mm-hmm. having my eyes set on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really what's going to keep you balanced, I think, and, and focused in this world that's just like, it feels like a roller coaster sometimes. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so good. I would say, like, going back on to what, like, Hunter would say of, just what is your foundation and what are you believing in? Um, Especially for us, like obviously for our foundation and our identity, like we find that in Christ. And I wouldn't know who I am if it wasn't for me knowing who God is. And like my foundation is based on that. And that kind of just is what helps me live my every single, every single day of life is I'm, what I believe and what I truly um, have my foundation is, is him and knowing who he's called me to be like, that is how I live every single day. And that's how I live out my life. And that's Mm. always helped me. That's great. Well, I'll let you kind of close out anything. I mean, I think it's been so cool on an individual level to watch all three of you. You all have different journeys. You've all had different stories, but you, each have we we don't always get crazy spiritual on here but you each just have such a calling and such an assignment such an anointing on your lives and watching your journey watching your 
humility, watching your obedience, watching your gifting. But I love what you said about balance, watching your drive and watching, you know, you just navigate uh, and understanding what's the lane God's inviting me into? What's the season he's inviting me into? It's always such a, uh, I feel like, such an interesting thing to, to discern what's the season yeah. and what is it requiring of me. And, and, but it's just been to me inspiring and awesome to watch yeah, the journeys. For me, it's, it's easy. If you're listening to this and uh, maybe you work with Gen Z or, or you work with people who uh, you know, are from this generation and you hear them talk and you're like, gosh, if only people I worked with thought like these three. <laughs> yeah. uh, for someone who's had kind of a front row seat to behind the scenes in all three of your journey i mean i had you hunter and you lydia in youth group with me when i was youth director yeah uh and then you guys came up obviously through xco you guys were part of the original group it's just been so cool to see you guys everything you're talking about now you've like sat with and you've worked it out yeah. and you've worked on it and you have chewed like chewed on it you've talked about it with each other and it's just been so cool to see you guys go through that journey so i'm proud of all of you and it's just been cool to see you guys continue to grow and I know you guys are going to do incredible things. Yeah. So Thank you, guys. I'm not yeah, going to cry. You. I'm going to cry. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Listening to that talk, so. I'm not going to cry. Chloe is sorry. I did that on the way here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, thank you as always for joining us for this week of the X Podcast. Hopefully it has been encouraging to you, inspiring to you. If you have watched or listened this far and you didn't actually leave a review at the beginning, Ooh. I don't even know do what, it now. Do even it know what now. to say to you, but... <laughs> I love you. We'll sink we'll Gen Z on you. Yeah. We'll 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 yeah. Watch Hashtag you'll get, canceled. You'll get canceled. Yeah. You yeah. Will. All right. We need to talk about that next time. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, cancel yeah. culture. Gen Z. All right. I uh, hope you have a great week. Cancel Until culture. next time, we'll see you next week. <laughs>